The Bucks are getting ready for the playoffs with a coach who's sitting on a seat that's starting to get a little bit warm. The Brewers' big homestand against the Cardinals coming off of a rough stretch, hoping to turn things back around. And, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is still in the news. All of that coming up on this edition of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. Let's get to it. Once again, welcome in. This is the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. I'm Don Wachillis. As always, we thank Soul Boxer for being our presenting sponsor. Crafting and bottling bartender quality cocktails you can enjoy literally anywhere. The brandy old-fashioned, the bourbon old-fashioned, the Manhattan, all crafted to remain true to their supper club origins wherever you find your libations. Check Soul Boxer out. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. And on this week's edition of the 414 Sports Podcast, we can't help but start once again with the Aaron Rodgers saga. We talked about it extensively on our last show, but the saga continues. But it's starting to take a bit of an ironic turn, and that turn really being pointed towards Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter, who broke the story, who really wiped away the NFL draft with this story as he came on in the afternoon prior to the draft beginning on that Thursday, roughly around 2 p.m., and came on and essentially said, as many already know, that Aaron Rodgers was disgruntled with the Green Bay Packer organization and he did not want to play with the team anymore and we got into this just ever so briefly on the last podcast and since that time more and more has come out with Adam Schefter's reporting and Schefter again on the Dan Patrick show was at least forthright he didn't skirt around the detail and the questions being asked by Dan Patrick but there are questions now being raised with the style of reporting that Schefter used in this particular case. Earlier in the week of his reporting, Paul Allen of KFAN in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Paul Allen, who is the play-by-play announcer for the Minnesota Vikings, had began to talk about the trade that he had heard being offered by the 49ers and since been verified by a number of sources, including the San Francisco 49ers, in which they were willing to give up that third pick in the draft and some other players and such for Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers said, appreciate you calling, but no thanks, and hung up the phone. With that, and the fact then that Paul Allen started to talk about this disgruntlement a little bit, It got picked up here locally on the Bill Michaels show. 
So Bill Michaels picked up on what Paul Allen was saying and sent it out over his network. Now, I don't know if it would be fair to say that it is the fault, in essence, of Bill Michaels. Bill Michaels was simply picking up on some news that he's hearing from the Minneapolis area. But right about that time, as the story began to get a little bit of traction, that's when Adam Schefter decided that he would come forward with his reporting. Now, Adam Schefter on the Dan Patrick Show and since then has essentially said there is not one source. There is not one thing that he can go to and say, this is what I was told, and I turned around and broke the story. Instead, what Adam Schefter is saying is, I've been hearing this over a period of time this offseason, and I just decided to, on draft day, bring it forward and talk about it and put it out there. Well, obviously, it has been the story. Um, no matter where you look, on all of uh, the websites you'll find from Fox Sports to ESPN to NFL Pro Football Talk, you name, you name the outlet. This is what everybody right now is talking about. And the irony of it is for me right now is everybody's speculating what will happen. Is Rodgers that disgruntled? Should he be traded? We get the Twitter polls out there. Pick a side. You want Green Bay? Are you with the Packers or with you with Rodgers? And it's got such overtones to what took place between Rodgers and Favre. And again, our hearts almost go out to Jordan Love. Jordan Love was sitting at home. He got drafted by the Packers. He did not ask to be thrown into this situation, and that's exactly what has happened to the young man as he's trying to get his career started. So we'll get to what could potentially be the Jordan Love era in a moment. But as this week has gone on and as Aaron Rodgers has experienced a bit more backlash than I think he or his team, I'll call them, would have anticipated, the fact that he has remained quiet has some people puzzled, but on the other hand, for me, I think it's a stroke of genius. By staying quiet, he has not verified the story whatsoever. He's not given credence to the story whatsoever. So if the Packers and Rodgers, there's obviously some sort of a rift there, if Rodgers' main goal was to kind of, uh, to, to use the younger generation's term, kind of punk the Packers a little bit, well, he's been successful. He, he's thrown a whole lot of egg in the face of the Green Bay Packer front office and how they handled the whole Jordan Love draft. So if that was his goal, I think goal achieved. But again, by remaining quiet, he's left the door open for him to come forward when training camp starts. And I'm making a very large assumption here that he will be at training camp and he will be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in the 2021 season. But he makes the case essentially in his first news conference, which will be covered by everyone on every corner of the earth that follows the NFL, and say, listen, I knew all this stuff was going on. 
I didn't say a thing to Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter's already reported that he did not hear necessarily from Adam Rogers. Adam Rogers, Aaron Rogers, Adam Schefter, Aaron Rogers. We'll get our A name straight here. Um, but he can then say, listen, because it was so far out there, I didn't want to give it any credence. I did not want to sit and answer questions. I did not want to. I did not want to. I did not want to. And essentially create distance between himself and the story and have then the doors open up for his return. That's a possibility. There's the obvious possibility that come June 1, the Packers may trade Aaron Rodgers. They may have had enough. The Packer organization had enough however many years ago when Brett Favre retired, then I'm not going to retire, I'll play, I'm going to retire. When they had enough and they shut the door, they ripped the Band-Aid off, it stung for a little bit, and then everything healed and we moved forward. If the Packers decide to trade Aaron Rodgers on June 1st, and if he gets traded, the, the scuttlebutt right now is you probably already have heard that it looks like he would be headed to Denver. But it would be, once again, ripping the Band-Aid off. It would hurt momentarily, but then the organization, the team, and its fan base would begin to move forward. And yes, there would be a viral reaction to Aaron Rodgers being traded. There would be animosity towards the Packers. There would be animosity towards Rodgers. And two, three, four, five years from now, bygones will be bygones, and we will move forward and find Aaron Rodgers' number retired somewhere up there in the ring of fame, much like what happened to Brett Favre. If he does get traded and the Jordan Love era begins, one thing Packer fans have to do is roll back some tape, roll back some of those newspaper articles, get on the old Google monster, and go back to when Aaron Rodgers was ready to take over and look at some of the storylines leading into what is now a Hall of Fame caliber career. But when it first began, Aaron Rodgers by many accounts, actually on the depth chart, should have been behind Craig Null. Craig Null was a third quarterback. It went Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Craig Null. But if you go back and look, there are articles there in which people within the organization felt as if Craig outperformed Aaron Rodgers and many felt should have been the number two quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, however, a first-round draft choice, became the number two quarterback. Now, obviously, Aaron Rodgers grew into that position. He grew into one of the greatest, a GOAT, when it comes to the NFL. And that's the growing and maturation process we're going to have to give Jordan Love when his time comes. Eventually, this will be a Jordan Love-run ball club, whether it's this year, next year, Three years from now, whatever the case may be, at some point, they're going to hand the reins over to Jordan Love. And as Packer fans, we're going to have to be a little bit patient because there's going to be a few speed bumps before hopefully Jordan Love can continue this run of quality quarterback play 
with the Green Bay Packers. But before we even get there, we've got to figure out what the future is for Aaron Rodgers. And then secondly, I think we're going to end up with a debate about how this particular story was reported. The fact that Schefter sat on this information, didn't feel a need to get it out there as he was receiving it, but instead when he felt like his storyline was about to be trumped, that's when he jumped into the fold. And in doing so, in only hearing scuttlebutt from various sources, not necessarily anything completely confirmed, it goes against any sort of journalistic um, statutes. I don't even know if that's the correct term to use. But in journalism, you know, you're always taught once you get that fact, check it. Double check it if possible, but make sure you check it. Don't just throw it out there. And yet Schefter, even though he's heard the same kind of rumblings, that's exactly what he did. And then to compile on the whole journalistic side of things, this past weekend at the time of us taping this podcast, all of a sudden the Twitter world went nuts because one of the local TV stations up there reported that, in essence, a friend of a friend saw Aaron Rodgers around Lambeau Field and people went nuts. They took what was reported and it went viral in a heartbeat. And then lo and behold, later in the afternoon, it was determined that Aaron Rodgers was nowhere close to being in Green Bay. And the person who reported it essentially said, well, you know, I got the information and I just threw it out there. In this time of trying to be first, especially in this social media age, everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to be the one who breaks the story. But what happens is, you create this umbrella of uncertainty around elements within, in this case, sports journalism, because everyone is so quick to try and be first or get the scoop that if they don't have their facts straight, they end up looking a bit ridiculous, like the Green Bay affiliate that reported they thought they saw Aaron, or somebody thought they saw Aaron Rodgers by Lambeau Field. So we've got essentially coming out of this now a couple of storylines. Obviously, the whole Aaron Rodgers storyline about whether he'll be back with the Packers or not. We've got the storyline regarding Jordan Love. Not only will he then have the reins to the team this season, next season, the season after, whatever the case may be, but the kind of goofy situation that this whole story has placed him in. And then we've got this other storyline talking about how this whole thing is being reported and how a number of just innuendos, uh, um, just people talking scuttlebutt has become the major story within the world of sports. So I, I have a feeling this won't end anytime soon. I have a feeling next week when we get ready to put uh, our weekly edition of this podcast together, We're still going to be talking about it. But again, with all of the various storylines that are playing from this, it's got a ways to go. And and I think it can create some very interesting debate as 
not only Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, but just the whole sport journalism umbrella moves forward. I think the debate is going to be pretty intense here in the next couple of months. So as we said, we'll talk more about this next week because I'm sure this is far from going away. Coming up on the other side of a of a 10-second break here, we'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks as they get ready for the playoffs. And the ironic thing is, is that Coach Budenholzer could be on the hot seat with a team that's got the number three seed locked up in the playoffs and a potential number two seed, depending on how things play out as the regular season quickly gets ready to wind up. And we'll talk about it in a moment right here on the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. Let's talk about those Milwaukee Bucks. But before we do so, once again, our thanks to Soul Boxer Crafting and Bottling. Bartender quality cocktails you can enjoy literally anywhere. The brandy old-fashioned, the bourbon old-fashioned, and the Manhattan are all crafted to remain true to their supper club origin. So let's talk about our Milwaukee Bucks as they get ready to wind up the regular season after what was simply an embarrassing embarrassing loss to San Antonio the other night in which they just gave up 80 plus in the first half to the Spurs did not look good and that then becomes the question moving forward now it's one game it's the regular season I think guys are ready for the regular season to come to an end this season obviously different than many others because you come off of the bubble over the summer the turnaround is quick and suddenly we're trying to get back into our normal flow of things but nonetheless with the playoffs quickly approaching and as I said going into our little break the fact is we're sitting at a number three seed right now the number two seed is still attainable it would be wonderful if they got the two seed because as a three seed right now it looks like they would take on the Miami Heat and that just has not been a great matchup for whatever reason for the Milwaukee Bucks so we'll have to see how the next few games as the week plays out and the regular season wraps up how this all maneuvers heading into the playoffs but an interesting story that popped up over the past week is the fact that the Athletic is reporting excuse me that coach Mike Budenholzer of the Milwaukee Bucks is essentially on the hot seat if the Bucks do not perform well in the upcoming playoffs. Now, this is a team that over the last three seasons, they've won 71% of their games. But unfortunately, it goes back a couple of years when the Bucks had a 2-0 lead in 2019 in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Toronto Raptors. They had a 2-0 lead and they went ahead and lost four straight and were ousted and never made it, obviously, to the finals. Last year is tough. Last year, it was one of those things where they're in the bubble. Uh, There was a lot going on, obviously, nationally with social issues. 
Um, there's the virus taking place. There were all of these things happening. So in essence, it appears as if the Milwaukee Bucks are giving Coach Budenholzer a little bit of a pass because what happened in the playoff bubble uh, did not bode well, obviously, for the Milwaukee Bucks, who got ousted by the Miami Heat, but who looked as if they put a style in game one out there and never found themselves altering it whatsoever. And once the Heat figured out what that style was, they just went to work on the Milwaukee Bucks. And and it didn't sit well for Budenholzer as the head coach because at least outwardly looking in, and maybe within the organization, if some of these reports are true, they were displeased with the fact that he failed to make the adjustments necessary in order for that team to be competitive. Now, Mike Budenholzer has had success. He has definitely been a winning coach coming out of Popovich's tree, so to speak. He, he's done some good things, but at least at this point, Budenholzer has that feel of, I can do well in the regular season, I know how to maneuver the regular season. I just, right now at least, can't figure out how to get a team over the hump, and that hump being playoff wins that lead to, first up, an Eastern Conference championship, and then if you get that far, then hopefully an NBA championship. So you've got pieces to the puzzle now in place, and obviously right now with the New Jersey Nets and the quote-unquote super team that is there, headlined by Kevin Durant, you've got a very, very difficult task ahead in trying to get A, to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then B, to win the Eastern Conference Finals and get to an NBA Final with an opportunity to win a championship. If Budenholzer goes out in the first round, and quite honestly, I, I hear the debate, well, if it's competitive, maybe if he goes out in the first round, if this team does not do well in the first round of the NBA playoffs, the headline will be the following day that Mike Budenholzer is gone. Now, if we get to, let's say, the Eastern Conference Finals, and it goes seven games, and they're competitive, and, and they come up just short, I'm not necessarily sure. Budenholzer would find himself on the continued hot seat. But here's something about the hot seat. Once you're on it, you never really get off of it. Once you're put on the hot seat, you never really get off of it because if he, like I said, gets that team to the Eastern Conference Finals, they're competitive, they do well, but come up short, and everybody says, yeah, you know, he, he did everything he could as a coach, that team was competitive, He'll be back next season. Next season, at any point, if they lose two, three, maybe even four games in a row, which can happen during the course of a regular season, guess what the talk will be? Is Coach Mike Boonholzer back on the hot seat? So this does not fare well for the Bucks' head coach because, as I said, once you're on it, it's really, really, really difficult to get off unless you can find a way to win an NBA championship. So as the regular season winds down, the playoffs will amp up and we'll see where the Milwaukee Bucks fit, whether it's in that second or third seed. 
and then we'll just keep a close eye and our fingers crossed as the Bucks looking to get an NBA championship for the first time since 1971. Another team here in the 414 looking to make some noise this season is our Milwaukee Brewers, and we'll talk about the Brew Crew on the other side of this break. Let's continue the conversation, this time turning it towards the Milwaukee Brewers and Major League Baseball. But as we bridge between the Bucks and the Brewers, let's talk about something that they both have in common right now. And it was noted at the time of this podcast being put together that the Milwaukee Health Commission has okayed for an increase in fans at both AmFam Field for the Milwaukee Brewers and at the Pfizer Forum for the Milwaukee Bucks, both teams now can up capacity to 50%. So after a year of watching things close down, after a year of restrictions, the fact that we're starting to see things slowly and consistently reopen, and in this case, the fan base now moving to 50% in each of those venues, it kind of feels good that the light at that end of the tunnel there with regards to this whole virus and the pandemic seems to now be shining even brighter as we try and make our way back to normal. So as I said, coming into the podcast today, the Brewers looking to kind of get back onto their winning ways. They're on a two-game winning streak going into this homestand with the St. Louis Cardinals. They won the final two on the road at Miami, but that's after a tough losing streak where they lost the first two to Miami. They were swept by Philadelphia on the road and then had an ugly home loss after, though, taking three of four from the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Brewers, though, have dealt with probably more injuries than any other team in all of Major League Baseball. Now, the Dodgers have made all the headlines with some of the injuries that they've had. And since the Dodgers are a large market, they're coming off of a World Series win. Get all of that. But the job Craig Council has done as the manager so far this season, the job the front office has done in moving players to the alternate training site and bringing players in and keeping that roster as intact as possible and keeping them viable here through the month of April and now the beginning in the early part of May. Craig Council and the Milwaukee Brewers deserve a, a huge recognition for what they're doing in, in keeping this team right in the mix. Now, there are a couple of games behind St. Louis. Again, this homestand against the Cardinals, very important. Got a chance here if they play well to vault St. Louis, get back into first place in the NL Central. And we've got a lot of baseball to go, and that's the wonderful thing about baseball. You can have a rough stretch like the Brewers had last week coming off, as I said, that loss to the Dodgers, the four-game uh, sweep by the Philadelphia Phillies that led to a two-game uh, losing streak again against Miami, but now they've come out of it, and there's still, as I said, plenty of time to get things going. But in the midst of things, there's probably – a couple of, oh, shall we say, 
acquisitions, or at least one acquisition, as far as I'm concerned, that has really and truly made the difference for the Milwaukee Brewers. And that was the acquisition of Jackie Bradley Jr. And when he signed with the Brewers, a lot of people scratching their heads looking at how congested that outfield was with Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. Where would he fit in? And then suddenly Cain went down with an injury. Christian Yelich has been dealing with that back. And suddenly that Jackie Bradley Jr. acquisition is just masterful in getting a quality baseball player, a high-caliber all-star-like baseball player to fill in and, and for the outfield, at least, they really did not miss a beat. Now, we've talked about Christian Yelich and that back. Fortunately, it's nothing structural, but the back can just play havoc. And so having somebody like Jackie Bradley Jr., where we can just essentially sit Yelich for right now, let that thing heal because there's no pressure in trying to get you back too early and jeopardize the rest of the season, again, bodes well for the acquisition that the front office has made. At the time, again, as we put this podcast together, Jordan Zimmerman, uh, a two-time All-Star who was on the roster, a, a, a local guy, done good here from the state of Wisconsin, has decided to hang up his cleats and retire. So good luck to Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, congratulations on an outstanding career. Kind of wish that we would have had the ability to see you finish this season out. But listen, when, when you get to that point, you get to that point. And so best wishes to him. And again, kind of a, a local product, a state of Wisconsin guy who went on to do very well. So we'll keep our eyes on the Brewers uh, again with this series, with the Cardinals, and the fact that soon, within the next few days, that AmFam Field now can go to 50% capacity. So you're looking at right around 20-some-odd thousand fans in attendance, and you know people are clamoring to get back in. They, they want to get back to the ball diamond and watch the Brew Crew. It, it's going to be special. And for people that I've read and listened to around the country who've had the ability now this year in their own home markets to get back in and go to a game, their level of appreciation has increased so dramatically because no longer do they take going to a game for granted coming off of the year that we had. And so I think once people in larger numbers get back into Ampham Field, the energy for the Milwaukee Brewers will definitely be there as people will have just some pent-up frustration of having to stay at home for a year to get out and be appreciative of the fact that they're actually back at the ballpark watching their favorite team. Well, that'll wrap it up for us on this edition of the 414 Sports Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Soul Boxer, crafting and bottling bartender-quality cocktails you can enjoy anywhere and wherever it is you buy your libations from. Make sure you look for Soul Boxer. You will not be disappointed. Until next week. I'm Don Wachillis. This has been the 414 Sports Podcast.